Hey, everybody. Well, we're in this series, as many of you know. We've been walking through Luke chapter 7 and Luke chapter 8. Uh, the title of this series is just simply this, Jesus for Everyone. Today's message is just entitled this. It's just a friend of the sinful. So if you have your Bibles or your electronic devices, you either click to or turn to with me, Luke chapter 7, verses 36 through 50. We're just going to look at this story in, in, uh, of, of how Jesus ministers to a sinful woman. The title of this sermon is A Friend of, of the Sinful. You cannot believe how many times a pastor, and, and I'm the same way, have been told these words, and maybe they're a little bit different, but usually the words are kind of like this. You'll never believe who's in church today. It's usually before or after a service, and someone will come up to me and say, you're, you're just not going to believe who's in church today. And then they go on with a story about the individual or maybe the person they've seen in the papers or whatever, and, and they've related some sort of a story to where we never would have thought this individual would have darkened the doors of a church. You'll never believe who's in church today. And there's an individual that I knew in high school and haven't seen them since. And this individual's wild and they're a rebel and they, and they're really a partier. And, and I never would have thought they would darken the doors in the church, but they're in, they're in church today. You would never believe who's in church today. There's an individual that's just been released out of prison and this is their first weekend out and they're in church today. You'll never believe who's in church today. There's an individual that made headlines in the papers for a, a number of weeks, and they're in church today. You'll never believe who's in church today. Someone just walked in, and it seems like they're still drunk or high from the night before, and I just want you to know that I'm going to go sit with them. One individual came up to me one time and looked at me and says, you're not going to believe who's in church today. There's a lady that is in our church, and, and she's a dancer either in Springs or Denver at a, a strip club. And that kind of shocked me. And, and so I just simply looked at the individual and said, well, well, how do you know? And then they go, oh, 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 a, a, a friend told me. Of course they did. You'll never believe who is in church today. You know, in some ways that that's really refreshing because it's a reminder to us that the church is supposed to be a hospital for sinners and not a hotel for, for saints. And so today we're going to look at a story. Today we're going to look at an important story of Jesus befriending a sinful woman. As we look at this, listen, I am praying. I've already prayed for you. I'm continuing to pray for you that God would speak to you in a special way, that you would understand that there is no sin so great. That, that, that God cannot completely cleanse you and forgive you of your sins with the blood of Christ. And, and, and may, maybe, maybe you're a Christian and maybe you're a believer, and I, I pray this message will speak to you as well. Then that maybe you would understand at a deeper level how important it is for us to reach people, to reach people that are far from Christ, and, and for you to understand that, listen, he wants, to, he wants us to reach them, and he wants to forgive them. And, and maybe this would motivate you to understand the times in which we live to where people are around you that are in desperate need of him. Listen, people need to be able to come into a church or, or click on or watch a church online, especially in this season, to where they feel welcomed and they feel encouraged. Isn't this word encouraged? is like the first word of our vision statement. We want people to feel encouraged and forgiven and set free and empowered and then serving God in the way that he designed them. This is very important to us as a church. In Colossians chapter 4, verse 5, here's what the scripture says. 
It says, walk in wisdom towards outsiders, making the best use of the time. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. Listen, we earned the right to be heard by treating people inside the church and outside the church with grace and with love and, 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 and with, with acceptance. Listen, in, the, in this pandemic time that we live in, we have a golden opportunity. The church has a golden opportunity to be in contrast to the world where it seems like the world can be so judgmental and so rude and so harsh and so mean. We have a golden opportunity to treat people inside the church and outside the church with grace and love and, and walking with them. See, Simon Peter in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 17, he says these words. He says, honor everyone, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the emperor. Not everyone now, when you look at that word everyone, everyone like includes everyone. That includes everyone even in your household. Why is it sometimes that the people that we love the most, we can, we can treat the worst? Those that we love the most sometimes see us at our worst. And so the church, the church should be this place. It should be a model of compassion. It should be a model of love. The, the, the world should be able to look in the church in a pandemic and, and, and a crisis, and they should be able to look into the church and be able to say, wow, how they love one another, how they care one another. That's why we do the buddy system. That's why we minister to each other. That's why we love each other the way we do. Now listen, Luke chapter 7 is an unbelievable story how Jesus is a friend to the sinful, how Jesus is a friend to this, this sinful woman. And, and, and Jesus, the way he treats her, stands in sharp contrast with this, this Pharisee of their day, this Pharisee known as Simon. Now, Simon had invited Jesus to his house, and it may have been an act of kindness or it may have been because that he wanted to, to like, like entrap him or trap him and embarrass him and maybe to make him look bad in front of his friends. But we don't know the reason. But whatever the reason was, Simon failed to extend some common graciousness or common courtesy. Uh, and he, he was just a poor host. We're going to read all the way through the story. And then I'm going to come back and we're going to just make three application points that hopefully this will speak to you in a deep way. <coughs> Starting in verse 36, here's what the scripture says. One of the Pharisees asked him to eat with him. And he went into the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. And behold, a woman of the city who was a sinner, when she learned that he was reclining at the table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of ointment and standing behind him at his feet, weeping, she began to weep to wet his feet with her tears and wipe them with the hair of her head and kiss his feet and anointed them with the ointment. Now when the Pharisees, the Pharisee who invited him saw this, he said to himself, but he mumbled this. He said it loud enough like he was talking behind his back so his buddies could hear him. If this, if this man were a prophet, he would have known who and what sort of woman this is who is touching him, for she is a sinner. And Jesus answering said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. And he answered, he said, say it, teacher. A certain money lender had, had two debtors. One owed five denarii, the other 50. When they could not pay, he, he canceled the debt of both. Now, which of them will love the more? And Simon answered, the one I suppose for whom he canceled the larger debt. And he said to him, you, you judge rightly. 
Then turning to the woman, he said to, to Simon, so he's looking in her eyes, but yet he's, he's really speaking to Simon as well. Do you see this woman? I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet, but she has wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You gave me no kiss, but from the time I came in, she has not ceased to kiss my feet. You did not anoint my head with oil, but she has anointed my feet with ointment. Therefore, I tell you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven. For she loved much, but he who is a forgiven little loves little. And he said to her, your sins are forgiven. And those who were at the table with him began to say among themselves, who is this who even forgives sins? And he said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. What an amazing exchange. What an amazing story. How Jesus is a friend. He's a friend of the sinful. He's a friend of the sinful woman. And three things so that you just kind of just quickly understand the culture that, that if you were a good host, that a good host, when they would receive people, there was three things that Simon was supposed to do. The first is that he was supposed to, like, put his hand on, on the shoulder of the guest who's coming and then give them a kiss on the cheek of, of peace or welcoming them to their house. And the second thing that, that he was supposed to do is that they wore sandals in their days and their roads were... <coughs> And their roads were dusty. And so as a result of that, they would, they would take cool water and they would wash their sandals. They would wash their, their feet and they would take care of them. And then the third thing that they were supposed to do, they would either burn incense or place perfume on the, on the individual. And when you look at this, Simon did none of these Simon didn't, didn't give him a kiss of peace and welcome him. He didn't wash his feet. He didn't offer per, perfume or any of that. And yet, even though Simon would be seen as an ungracious host or a rude host, Jesus ro rose way above it. And Jesus was gracious to Simon. Even though, listen, even though Simon was rude to Jesus, Jesus did not re rebuke him. Um, he did not storm out of his, his house and say he was rude and judged him or he had a lack of manners. You don't see any of that. But in the, in the middle of this meal, an unusual event took place. And from this, we can, we can glean some principles. We can glean some things out of this, how, how Jesus was very gracious, how Jesus is a friend to the, the sinful. Listen, if, if we're going to care about influencing people, and especially influencing people for Christ, then we have to learn to avoid turning people off, rising above it, and understand the circumstance, the situation that God has placed us in so that we can influence for him. So, so three principles that we need to learn like Jesus. Like Jesus, the first thing that we have to learn, we have to learn to make people feel welcome. We have to learn, listen, we have to, make, we have to learn to make people feel welcome, whether welcome into a church, whether welcome into our home, whether welcome into to, to our, our space or relationship. Verse 37 again, and behold, a woman of the city who was a sinner when she learned that she was reclining at the table in the Pharisee's house brought an alabaster flask of ointment and standing behind him at his feet weeping, she began to wet his feet and her tears and wiped them with the hair of her of her head and kissed his feet and anointed them with the ointment. Now when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would have known who and what sort of woman this is who is touching him, for she is a sinner. What a statement of judgment by this man. 
Now, in those days, just so you understand, when they would sit at a table, they didn't sit at a table in, in a way like we do, or they didn't sit in a table where their legs would go like under the table. They would normally lay on a, on a pillow or they would lay on, on couches and their feet would extend behind them. And then, then, then the meal was normally done in a courtyard area. And so it was common, especially the more important the prophet was or the more important the guest was, it was common to have people, even though it was a private meal, they were out in like a courtyard area. And so it was common where people of their day would kind of stroll in. And so may, maybe this woman heard about this prophet, heard about Jesus, heard that he could forgive sins, heard that he was gracious. And maybe she needed, maybe she had hope of renewal, hope of forgiveness. Maybe she was tired of the lifestyle that she was living, and she was just hoping for something. And so all of a sudden, she, she appears in that, in that situation. And listen, for a Jewish woman of their day to be, appear in public with their, their hair unbound and their hair down, it was truly an expression of immodesty. Yet Jesus was, he was considerate for her and he was considerate for Simon. I mean, Jesus was considerate and, and, and he knew it violated acceptable social standards, but Jesus, Jesus understood that she doesn't, she didn't know how to behave in church. You ever been around someone? I mean, I think that's the freshness of fellowship, the Rockies. Is that sometimes we get people who have like no church background. Listen, I, one of my favorite stories I will never forget a number of years ago, at the Wayside Cross Mission, there was like this movement of God, and all of a sudden, a lot of the, the homeless men that were staying there met Christ. And then these men wanted to get baptized. So the Wayside Cross Mission started calling around to churches to see if any churches would baptize them in our area. They got a lot of no's. And we heard about that in the community, so we placed a phone call to the Wayside Cross Mission and said, you know what, we understand there's some men uh, that need to be baptized. Listen, we would gladly do that. We set a date. It was a Saturday night service. We set a date. Uh, I mean, we had a large homeless population that came in with the men that were going to get baptized. Uh, Pastor Dwayne met with them and asked them a few questions to make sure they understood what they were doing. And so I will never, ever forget that service. We wanted to seat the homeless population down at the front. Uh, they weren't comfortable doing that. So they sat towards the back. And, and when their buddy Earl, he was the first one, when their buddy Earl uh, started coming into the baptistry as, as Pastor Dwayne was like guiding him into the baptistry, all of of a sudden they could no longer contain their 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 excitement they didn't really know how to behave in church all of a sudden the whole group stands up and they start screaming and yelling and cheering Earl on and and they're going you go Earl Earl you're the man you can do this you're awesome Earl and so I mean all of a sudden we kind of started cheering and then before we knew it and Earl hadn't even been baptized yet before we knew it they were all shaking their fists and they're going oh 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 and they were cheering Earl on I said on the front row I said that's one of the most refreshing things I've seen in church a group of people that came into the church and they, they didn't really know how to behave and I watched our church graciously welcome that population and graciously welcome them and come around them and, and help them and encourage them listen when you look at this it is important for the lo local church to be able to welcome people in without judging them without being rude to them listen Jesus, listen, Jesus was not defensive he, was, he wasn't primarily concerned about protecting his image. He wasn't concerned about with who was entering the church and what people would say about him. He was concerned about bringing forgiveness not only to this woman but also to Simon 
Listen, Jesus knew what was being said behind his back. He knew that his reputation was being trashed, but, but he didn't rebuke her. He didn't belittle her because he wanted to reach her. Listen, Jesus modeled this for us. He was the perfect son of God. But he did not intimidate this sinful woman. She gravitated to him. She wanted to be around him. Listen, a a good host is someone that has the ability to make people feel welcomed around them. Karen and I were watching the movie um, about Mr. Rogers. Uh, we had rented it and watched it on, on, a, on a TVD. And, our, and um, I, I don't know, it's Won't You Be My Neighbor, I think was the title, something like that. And they, they, ask, they ask him in, in the movie or something, someone, a reporter asked him in an interview and said, hey, can I just ask you, who, who do you think? I mean, you've been around a lot of important people. Who are the most in, who's the most important people you, you've ever talked to? And he said, oh, that's easy, the person I'm talking to right now. The person I'm talking to, currently talking to, to me, is always the most important person in the world because people want to feel valued. They want to feel loved. People are asking this question, do, do you value me? Do you love me? And so he says, as a result of that, I always picture the person I'm talking to, whoever it is, regardless of their place in life, that they're the most important person in the world. And that's why I give them their undivided attention. I mean, isn't that really true? Isn't sometimes devaluing when you're trying to have a conversation with someone and they're distracted, they're texting, they're, they're, they're on their phone, and it's, tr- it's hard to make eye contact? The fact is, uh, this is a major problem, they say, with Zoom meetings. And I understand that there's some now some Zoom software that you can get that when you're meeting with someone, it attracts their eyes, and it can determine whether they're texting, whether they're, dising, they're, they're not engaged any longer, whether they're surfing the web. And you know what? Sometimes I think I might need that. But when you look at Jesus, you realize, that Jesus had this ability just to make people feel encouraged, just to make people feel welcome, just to make people feel loved. The, the, the woman at the well, right? Man, married five times. The man that she's living with now is not her husband. And yet Jesus made her feel welcome and put her at ease. And with a simple question, could I have a drink of water? And then he, he led her into forgiveness and the blind beggar and, and the parents that brought the little children to Jesus and, and, and the disciples kind of moved in and pushed the kids away and Jesus doesn't have time for that and Jesus stopped them and said he does and, and, and you look at this issue and Jesus had this ability to make people feel loved and welcomed and accepted and so let me ask you this, do, do people feel comfortable around you? Not intimidated, but do people feel loved and accepted around you? What really, listen, what really impresses me about this story, when you look at this story, Jesus didn't respond to neglect with attack. Simon disrespected him. But it did not, listen, it did not offend Jesus. Sometimes in life we get our feelings hurt so easily. Listen, don't, listen, don't make people walk on eggshells around you. Don't live your life and wear a chip on your shoulder. Don't be so paranoid about people's reactions to you that that you, man, come to a place that you can overlook an offense. You can swallow your ego. Listen, one of the surest ways to get along with people is to come to that place to just make people feel comfortable around you. Just make people feel welcomed and encouraged around you. The rudeness of Simon is now obvious. 
It, it, was, he was, it was courtesy, and, and he had a problem. And, and, and if, he, if he had a problem, he should have gone to Jesus, but he just mumbled to himself so his friends would hear him. Listen, we know it, right? It's rude to talk about somebody behind their back. And Simon was doing this with a room full of people. Watch this. It's so fascinating to me. Verse 39. When the Pharisee who had, who had invited him saw this, he said to him, himself, if this man were a prophet, he would have known who was touching him. What kind of woman is she, that she is a sinner? I mean, he, he's talking loud enough. Not only Jesus could hear. Can you picture this? The woman could hear. He may have felt that, you know what, it, it kind of made him look good, kind of made him look superior. So, so Jesus rose above it, and he asked the host, he asked Simon, because see, that was proper of that day, if he could tell a story. He said, Simon, I, I, have, I have a story. I have something that I'd like to say. I mean, Jesus rose above it. The second thing is this, like Jesus, that if, if we're going to be a friend of the sinful, if we're going to reach people, we need to come to the place where we learn how to handle the truth with love. We need to learn how to handle the truth with love. Verse 40, and Jesus answering said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. And he answered, say it, teacher. A certain money lender who had two debtors, one owed 500 denarii and the other 50. When they could not pay, he canceled the debt of both. Now, which of them will love more? And Simon answered, the one, I suppose, for whom he canceled the larger debt. And he said to him, you have judged rightly. It's amazing. Jesus confronted Simon without being rude or insulting. He confronted him with kindness. He didn't say, Simon, you know what? You're just rude. You're just impolite. You're uncultured. You're a hypocrite. You don't have a compassionate bone in your body. Jesus said none of that. Instead, he just tactfully said, hey, Simon, let me ask you a question. Who loved the most? And you know why Simon, um, Simon responded the way that he did? And maybe what Jesus was trying to say is, 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 Simon, let me tell you something. The reason that this woman is so demonstrative the, the reason the woman's doing the same, the, 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 the things that she's doing, is maybe, maybe because she sinned more than you. I think if Simon had had any character at all, he would have bowed his head in shame. And her sins may have been sins of the flesh, public, but Simon's sins are sins of the spirit, which are private. And as Simon may have should have said, hey, teacher, forgive me for being so rude and so disrespectful, forgive me for being proud, forgive me for all of those things, but you, but you have never seen that. And man, let me tell you, if you have a friend that is living their life in a way that they're constantly behaving in such a way that is a, a threat to their family or their testimony, uh, you saying nothing to them is not courtesy, it's cruelty. But you don't talk behind their back, you, you go to them. and you t- Well, here's what Paul says in Galatians 6.1, He says, brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. The word gentleness is really key here. There are some people that will go and and confront someone that it's in a kind of a harsh, judgmental, brutal way. But we're instructed to speak the truth, but speak the truth in love. I I once heard someone say that that tact is when someone tells you to jump off a cliff and, and you look forward to the journey. In other words, tact is this issue that just minimizes friction between people. And no one, listen, no one was better at this than Jesus Christ. 
Then Jesus lovingly, listen, he had this exchange with Simon, and he turns to the woman, and, and remember, Simon has publicly put her down in front of everybody. And then verse 44, he says, then turning to the woman, he said to Simon, do you see this woman? I've entered your house, and you gave me no water for my feet, but, but she has wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You gave me no kiss, but from the time I came in, she has not ceased to kiss my feet. You did not anoint my head with oil, but she has anointed my feet with ointment. Therefore, I tell you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much, but he who is forgiven loves little. Jesus always welcomes repentance. Repentance is more as feeling bad that you got caught. Repentance is more than feeling guilty. It's more than just a, a moment of remorse. Repentance actually involves like three words, conviction and brokenness and a change of mind that leads to a change of behavior. Conviction to where you come to this place and you're just really convicted and say, you know what, I was wrong. I'm not going to blame anyone. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm not going to blame anyone else. I have sinned against God and others. And then this issue of brokenness, I'm sorry. It's a contrite heart. The person is, is broken. And sometimes it's accompanied with tears and sometimes not. And then and the repentance, just a simple definition of repentance is a, is a change of mind that leads to a change of actions to where you come to this place and says, if I keep headed down this road that I'm going, that it's going to end up bad. And so as a result of that, I am changing my mind, which is changing my actions, and I'm walking a different way. Now, it's obvious, listen, it's obvious in this context that this woman intended to change. And, and you may say, well, where was her repentance? And it's interesting, the story, and, and, and some of it is, is some cultural things, but all of a sudden you realize that she, she poured out the perfume. Now, for her, the perfume was important for the tools of her trade. She is breaking free of the past. She is saying from this point on, I will... I will never be the same again. I will not go back to that lifestyle. Repentance involves an honest effort to change, not perfection, but change in a direction. And some of you, listen, I'm just telling you, some of you watching, you need to pour out the contents of your alabaster jar. You may need to throw away some phone numbers. You may need to unfriend some friends on Facebook. You may need to say, God, I'm sorry, I'm broken, I'm wrong and I will never be the same again. And Jesus is a friend because he encourages that type of authentic response. The third and the last thing is this, is like Jesus, we need to see people as God does. We just need to come to the place to be able to see, and sometimes you just need to pray, God, help me to see them the way you do. But we just need to come to this place and just see people as God does. And Jesus is a friend of the sinful because he offers, he offers total and complete forgiveness. Luke chapter 7, verse 48. I can't imagine these words. He looks her in the eyes and he just simply says, and he said to her, your sins are forgiven. It's a wonderful friend who forgives offenses. It's a wonderful friend who truly forgives. Romans chapter 4, verse 7 and 8 says this, blessed are those whose lawless deeds are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord will not count his sin. Man, you look at this. And this forgiveness that he offered her does not come cheaply. I mean, it cost Jesus his life. It's the precious blood of Jesus Christ. And what a friend we have in Jesus. And, and then you look at this. He, he, gives her, he gives her inner peace. 
He gives her something the world cannot give her. Verse 50, and he said to the woman, your faith has saved you. You go, go in peace. This woman was able to go in peace for for several reasons. One, her sins were totally and completely forgiven. How did she know? Did she feel different? Did she she get this emotional feeling? How did she know that her sins were forgiven? She knew her sins were forgiven because Jesus promised her that. And the scripture says that he never lies. And so she was able to understand that she has been forgiven because he promised it. And when you come into a relationship with Christ, you can be assured that your sins have been forgiven. Why? Because he promises that. You may not feel differently. That doesn't matter, but you can know, listen, you can know that your, your, your sins have been forgiven because of the promises that he makes to us. And there's some Christians who say, well, wait a minute, since being, being a believer, I've, I've done a lot of things wrong since then. But listen, this is the great thing about his promises is that when we, when we, when we trust him, he guarantees to continue to forgive us, 1 John 1, 8 and 9. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. And the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. So, so she had a promise. She knew she had been forgiven because he had promised that. The second thing is this. Her life was going to be different. That's part of a repentance, change of mind that leads to a change of action. She, she got, a, got rid of the tools of her trade. She says, I'm never going back. Um, change of mind leads to a change of, of, of direction. And she's going to walk with him in peace and obedience. You'll never believe who watched online today. Listen, let me just tell you. Jesus Christ came out of heaven at the cost of his life and he died on the cross for our sins. And Jesus had, and Simon had Jesus at his house, but he never let him into his life. He never let him into his heart. And the best thing that we can say and do at this moment is Jesus, I am a sinner. And I may not be a prostitute, but but maybe I'm like Simon and maybe I have a lot of pride and, and I know that forgiveness can only be found through you. And just as Jesus said to this woman, go, your peace has saved you or your faith has saved you, go in peace. Not your good works, but you've come into a relationship with me. Romans chapter 10, verse 9 Because if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with your heart one believes and is justified, and with your mouth one confesses and is saved. You'll never believe who watched online today. Maybe today you need the forgiveness of Jesus Christ, that you've never come into a relationship with him. Ask him to forgive you of your sins and give you the gift of eternal life. I would pray today would be the day. Maybe you're a believer. And maybe just hearing this message, God has pricked your heart. And there's someone you know that is far away from him that either needs to hear this message or needs a word from you. And you understand, you know what? I I need to welcome them into the kingdom of God. I need to reach them. I need to understand what it means to offer peace and forgiveness through Jesus Christ to someone. Would you bow your heads with me and close your eyes? Let me ask you, what is God saying to you as a result of his word? And 
and because of this message. Maybe today you need to accept him, and if, and if that is you, and maybe you just need to pray a prayer and just say, Dear Lord Jesus, I ask that you come into my heart, that you forgive me of my sins, that you give me the gift of eternal life. And Lord, to the very best of my ability, I'm going to walk with you. And if that is you, maybe you just need to click that button on, on the connect card. Just complete that connect card. Maybe you need to ask for prayer. For those of you that are believers, what is God saying to you? Is there someone that you need to talk with? Is there someone you need to witness to? Is there someone that you need in gentleness and kindness just to need to go to and have a conversation? If God has laid someone on your heart, would you just follow through with that? Father, we thank you for your love. Thank you for your grace. Father, we thank you for this time that we've had just to simply open your word. Father, would you just continue to speak to us in a special way? And as a result of that, may we just be obedient to you and to your word. For we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.